Cherry Hill Volvo, we have absolutely incredible offers and a plethora of both new and certified Volvos from which to choose. We are eager to offer amazingly competitive prices, plus an additional $1,000 Costco discount on all new Cherry Hill Volvos. When leasing or purchasing a new or certified Cherry Hill Volvo, you become a valued part of our team. Join Cherry Hill Volvo for the pricing and attention you deserve. I am Judith Krepnick, president of Cherry Hill Volvo. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. WPHT, WPHT, HD, WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia. From the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios, where relationships matter. Always live on the free Odyssey app. The revolution will be broadcast. This is the next generation of talk. Now on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, Rich Zioli. Mayor Jim Kenney also joins in the uh, cop-hating fun here in Philadelphia. Donald Trump defends the whales and gets mocked by MSNBC. We have a lot to talk about. Uh, 855-839-1210 on Twitter at Rich Zioli. Thank you for being here. Big show today. It's been a busy one. It's always funny, too, whenever I, I think about it, uh, we, we typically have a lot of breaking national news. We don't always have breaking local news, but today we've had a bit of both as the judge dismissed all the charges against the officer and the shooting of Eddie Irizarry. And also nationally now, the Senate apparently has agreed to a spending deal, but it's not going to get through the House, thank God. We also have... Obviously, the Eagles won last night. We knew that they would. But over at Citizens Bank Park tonight, there is the question. I'm going to ask Henry Machette, associate producer, what's going to happen with the Phils tonight? Huh? The only thing, it's a win. And? And we're clinching the playoffs, and we're going to tinge that, clinch that top wild card Boom. spot, and we're going to the playoffs. And right. We're going to host a playoff series here in Philadelphia, baby. Why do you act like this is no big deal? This is a huge deal. I, I'm hype right now. Are you kidding? That didn't sound hype to me. I, I mean, hate to I, hear you when you're not hype. Look, it, it wasn't. It wasn't a matter of if. It was a matter of when with this team. Last year was more of a matter of if. You know, it came down the last uh-huh. couple of games. This is to clinch that top wild card spot. Get a three game series here. Uh, hopefully, versus someone with a bad pitching staff, and you know, we get going again. All right, can we get through Atlanta? Yeah. We can. I mean, we did it Good. last year. I mean, we fought hard with them this year, especially in that last series with them where we split. Because my idiot friends last night, we were watching the game and smoking cigars. They're going on about how we can't get past the Braves. We can't get past the Braves. I mean, the Braves are a juggernaut. I'm not going to lie. I mean, they, they're first to, the 100, to 100 wins this season. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's back-to-back seasons of 100 wins. Their lineup is loaded. They have the MVP, the MVP runner-up, most likely – uh, great pitching staff, but it's you know it's playoff baseball. You get hot at the right time, you can win. All right, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling great. I, I'm, I'm feeling loving great. this team. I'm loving this team. I love the depth. Love the power. It's a great. It's a great lineup. It's a great team. The hunt for Red October, and I'll tell you something else too, Henry. I still have my shirt from last October. Hey, and that's good for another year. <laughs> 
So Damn I'm right. excited for it. All right, go Phils. If go you're going Phils. to the game tonight, I'm jealous. If you're down going to the ballpark at CBP, good luck. Enjoy the game. Uh, all right. So we had uh, we have the national news on the the uh, the spending now. Matt DeSantis, executive producer. What do we have audio wise? You mentioned something in my ear. I forgot it already. <laughs> uh, we have a couple clips here. So this first one is Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer uh, talking up the bill. Okay. We now have four days to go until funding expires on Saturday at midnight. We are now right at the precipice. Yet all last week. Speaker McCarthy, instead of focusing on bipartisanship, catered to the hard right and has nothing, nothing to show for it. And now the Speaker will put on the floor hard right appropriation bills that have nothing to do with avoiding a shutdown. So this week, the Senate will move forward first. Over the weekend, Senate Democrats and Republicans together worked in good faith to reach an agreement on a continuing resolution that will keep the government open beyond September 30th. We are very close to finishing our work and hope to release text very soon. This bipartisan CR is a temporary solution, a bridge towards cooperation and away from extremism. And it will allow us to keep working to fully fund the federal government and spare American families the pain of a shutdown. Oh, shut up. While for sure this bill does not have everything either side wants, it will continue to fund the sure government. Sure it does. It has Ukraine. While maintaining our commitment to Ukraine's security and humanitarian See? needs. See? While also ensuring those impacted by natural disasters across the country begin to get the resources they need. In a few hours, we'll hold the first procedural vote to All move right, forward enough. on the vehicle enough. Thank you the very much. Enough with him. Thank you very much, though. Uh, look. look. Uh, the Ukraine is the Ukraine is the issue. Okay, the Ukraine funding is the issue, and I went on a whole tirade about this an hour ago. So I'm not going to beat it to death right now. But it's a non-starter to include Ukraine funding in a continuing resolution. It needs to be a separate vote. So it's dead in arrival in the House, but they know it is. And what they want is they want the corporate media to go out there and call Republicans mean, and they're going to take away people's money, and they're going to take away their assistance, and blah blah blah. This is the design. This is what they want. And unfortunately, we're going to have a lot of Republicans going along with this. But there are some brave Republicans who are going to stand up and say no to this. And hopefully it will not go in the House. If we shut down the government, we shut down the government. That's okay. We'll live. We'll survive. We'll survive. But the Ukraine funding needs to be an up or down vote outside, part and parcel, away from a continuing resolution. I mentioned this breaking news earlier as well. Chairman James Comer. I just subpoenaed and obtained two bank wires revealing Hunter Biden received payments originating from Beijing, China in 2019 when Joe Biden was running for president. Joe Biden's Delaware home is listed as the beneficiary address for both money wires from China. Okay, this is what the House Oversight Committee Chairman James Comer put out about an hour ago. Bank records don't lie, but President Joe Biden does. In 2020, Joe Biden told Americans that his family never received money from China. We've already proved that to be a lie earlier this year. And now we know two wires originating from Beijing listed Joe Biden's Wilmington home as the beneficiary address when he was running for president of the United States. When Joe Biden was vice president, he spoke on the phone and had coffee with Jonathan Lee in Beijing. And later, 
wrote a college letter of recommendation for his children. Joe Biden's abuse of public office for his family's financial gain threatens our national security. What did the Bidens do with this money from Beijing? Americans demand and deserve accountability for President Biden and the first family's corruption. The Oversight Committee, along with the Judiciary and Ways and Means Committees, will continue to file the evidence and money to provide transparency and accountability. Good for him. Good for him for putting this out. And this is some breaking news that you also got today on the show as well. It's a big deal. Joe Biden's abuse of public office for his family's financial gain threatens our national security. What did the Bidens do with the Beijing money? That is the question. And they're going to have to get to the bottom of all of this. Now, tomorrow is the Republican debate. Donald Trump is not going to be there tomorrow. He's going to be apparently going with the auto workers in Detroit, the UAW workers. Today, Joe Biden went there and did a terrible impression of megaphone Bernie, grabbing a megaphone and realizing that he has no idea how to use it. This is a little bit from Biden today on the front lines of the auto workers strike as he uh, marched in solidarity with them on the picket line. Take a listen. Push the button. Marched them on the UAW picket lines when I was a senator since 1973. How come he's using a megaphone and I can't hear him? I can't tell if he's not pushing the button or not speaking into it. Made a lot of sacrifices. Gave up a lot. And the companies were in trouble. Now they're doing incredibly well. And guess what? Joe, you got to talk into the megaphone. <laughs> talk into it, dummy. You got to say, I stand with you and not the greedy billionaires, those bastards. Like that, Joe. Do it like that, you idiot. That's megaphone Bernie giving him tips. <laughs> Very valuable tips, if you ask me. <laughs> And while you're at it, look at the hot socialist hotties and go, how how you doing? You want to cross Bernie's picket line? You know? Come over here and let's cross the picket line together. <laughs> you and me and not the billionaires and the uh, evil, awful people. And with that said, I hope you all have to lose your jobs for green uh, cause. <laughs> with the batteries and whatnot that blow up. James Carville said today 73 to 77 percent of the country does not want Joe Biden to run again. And he said that's a big effing number. He sat down with Bill Maher for his podcast and he ripped the far left Democrats and said they are the most stupid, naive people you can imagine. Well, guess what? He's not wrong. But here's the thing. Okay, here's the thing. That is the Democrat Party today. That's the problem. They're not the party of the working man. Donald Trump won those voters over because Donald Trump appealed to working men and women in this country. And Joe Biden does not. He says he's the most pro-union president. But what's at stake right now in these auto worker protests is the fact that Joe Biden's energy policies, his green energy policies, I should say, the climate change nonsense is going to cost these people jobs because you need less workers to build EVs. And Biden is all four mandates that will destroy the ability of states and private automakers, I should say, to sell 
cars with combustion engines in states and nationally as well. So Joe Biden's full of it. He goes out there and he says, I stand with these workers, but it's his climate policies that are going to push these people out of their jobs. And these people know that. And tomorrow night, Donald Trump is going to make that case to them directly. And he's and he should, because going after this stuff is good policy. Here's a little snippet of what they said on Morning Joe today. So on Morning Joe this morning. Oh, actually, you know what? Here, let me do this. Here's some audio of striking auto workers actually blaming these EV, these EVs, these electric vehicles on losing their jobs. Take a listen. Those on the picket lines had a message for the president about his forced transition to electric vehicles. Talk all day about research and all of that, but to see us here, seeing what we do, and see that we mean, we we stand behind these companies. We have been the backbone of these companies for so long, trying to push us out to these electric vehicles. That's not, it won't last. You know, we're hard work. We have families. We need this. Yeah. See, the electric vehicle policies, the mandates, the subsidies, all of it is absolutely going to run these people out of jobs. And I'll tell you the reason why. The reason why is because when these companies see states like New Jersey and California banning gas powered vehicles, the states are taking the money that they're making. The the companies, I should say, are taking the money they're making and they're reinvesting into R&D technologies, research and development for these EVs. And it requires them transforming their plants, their assembly lines, all of it. They're marketing all of it. They're responding to the government. The government is behind this, pushing these EVs by massive subsidies and also at the very same time coming up with policies to ban gas cars. And you know what? That worker you just heard is smart enough to see through it. We have been the backbone of these companies for so long. Trying to push us out to these electric vehicles. It won't last. We're hardworking. We have families. We need this. That's the mentality. That's the mindset of the average worker, not the Marxist who's the head of the union, not him, but the workers, the average workers. They see through this. And tomorrow, Trump's going to go and he's going to make that point. And he should, because Trump is a populist at the very heart of it. And when he goes and he talks to these workers directly, they listen. So on Morning Joe today, they took together a little snippet of Donald Trump going after the windmills, the wind turbines that are killing the whales and dolphins and birds and everything. And they proceed to mash this up and then mock it. Take a listen. You have to being struck by lightning than hitting a whale with your boat. There has only been, listen to this, one such whale killed off the coast of South Carolina in the last 50 years. But on the other hand, their windmills are causing whales to die in numbers never seen before. Nobody does anything about that. They're washing up and show. I saw it this weekend. Three of them came up. They wouldn't, you wouldn't see it once a year. Now they're coming up on a weekly basis. The windmills are driving them crazy. They're driving, they're driving the whales, I think a little batty. And they're washing up on shore at levels never seen before. And they want to stop your boats one in 50 years. Can you imagine that? Wind, windmills. They want windmills all over the place. And this is where they start to mock fields, kill our birds. Windmills. 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 A windmill will kill many bald eagles. And they say the noise causes cancer. Try going to the bottom of a windmill someday. It's not a pretty picture. If it doesn't blow, you can forget about television for that night. Those bird-killing machines that go round and round. It's like a cemetery. We put a little... 
We put a little statue for the poor birds. We demand they go in our prairies and our mountains and our plains, only to realize that they're killing all birds. The energy is intermittent. I know a lot about wind. Did he just say, I know a lot about wind? Sure did. Mills? Yeah. Okay. Uh, look at Donald Trump's odd obsession with windmills, uh, which, as you heard at the top, he took to a new level yesterday in South Carolina, adding whales to his vendetta against what are actually wind turbines. Willie. <laughs> <laughs> I have no comment. I don't know what to say. Okay. They, he started with that they were killing bald eagles, our beautiful bald eagles. Mm. And now the whales, if I'm following the logic, John, they're being driven crazy. It's a psychological problem with the whales. And they're just giving themselves up to the beaches. Because <laughs> I'm not quite sure how this would work. Windmills, wind turbines tend to be above the water. Right. Whales tend to be in the right. water. I'm not sure how those two shall meet. But there is, a, there is a little backstory here, I will say. The, the origin people believe about Donald Trump's hatred of windmills is actually because of a lawsuit filed by the Scottish government about his golf course in Aberdeen. There it is. Which he was convinced would oh. ruin the view and therefore there drive were. down membership costs. So that's the origin story here of his hatred of all things windmills. Okay. Uh, you can understand the level of um, intelligence and maturity on this show, Morning Joe. is a reason why nobody watches it. These are, these are clowns. They're clowns. They have no interest in getting to the truth or the facts. They just, Trump says it, so therefore it must be wrong, and they just mock it, and they blah, 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 blah. Uh, we, we know the truth. We talked about the show on the show many, many times, what's happening. As they do what's called the sonar mapping, the loud noises and the piling into the ocean floor is, yes, driving the whales crazy. It is affecting their sonar, and it is also making them think that they are being attacked by prey, and that is exactly what's happening. It's been it's been documented, scientifically documented, that documentary that Michael Schellenberger is working on. It is absolutely the noise that is being generated by the construction of the wind turbines. These idiots have no idea. They don't care. They don't care. They're not serious people. You have to realize that, you know, a lot of times, for whatever reason, conservative talk radio gets belittled and mocked. It's not serious, you know. This is what is considered mainstream. Morning Joe is considered mainstream. You, you have millions of people up and down the eastern seaboard right now who are opposing these windmills, including scientists, including scientists who are speaking out about this and going on about what, what a tremendous problem this is. You have the entire organization to defend the North Atlantic right whales. This is an environmental group. This is there to save the right whales who's come out and said this entire project needs to be not not halted, but stopped because it's going to lead to the extinction of this species. But that's way too serious and mature for that idiotic morning show on cable television that nobody watches called Morning Joe. So they just mock it. They mock it and belittle it. Instead of actually bringing on a scientist, instead of bringing on somebody like some from Save LBI or some other of the many, many organizations out there who are fighting this because again it is the talking point of the corporate media and the government and big tech the three the unholy triad here working together to advance wind turbines and windmills and everything else be damned you lose whales you lose dolphins you destroy the jersey shore you lose habitats whatever it doesn't matter climate change is everything whatever it takes for alternative energy whether they work or not irrelevant 
Whether they all are made in China, irrelevant. Whether you're going to tear apart communities like Ocean City, New Jersey, irrelevant. Whether millions of people don't want these things, irrelevant. They don't care about any of it. These are unserious clowns. I mean, clowns are never serious. Well, sometimes they are. Like Stabby the Clown is quite serious, and so is the clown from It with the red balloon. But these clowns are not serious. These people are fools. That's what they are. And they're, and it's, and, 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 and honestly, you know, I make a lot of jokes on this show when it suits me, but that's, none of their jokes are funny. It's not funny, especially when you're talking about the potential extinction of an entire species of animal. And they don't care. They don't care because it's just another opportunity to mock their, their big enemy, Donald Trump. It's just disgraceful. It really is. 855-839-1210 on Twitter at Rich Zioli. We've got a lot more to come. The latest on everything for uh, all the the, uh, the breaking news in Philadelphia regarding protests. Don't go away. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. The Zioli Show on your schedule from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT in the free Odyssey app. You hear they're going to remake The Office, by the way? Did you guys hear that? That's going to be terrible. It's going to be terrible, why? right? Yeah, why? Well, they're going to do a spinoff, I think is what they said. They wanted to, to read. It's so popular. But Ricky Gervais made a comedy, said they could never make The Office today. And the outrage mob would never let it happen. I agree. Yeah. It wouldn't be funny. The charm of it. Yeah. Right. I was excited for two seconds, and then I remembered how bad the last two seasons of The Office uh, was without Steve Carell. Yeah. Uh, any type of remake is going to be probably even worse than that, I would imagine. Yeah, the only thing that was funny is when Ricky Gervais went in there. That was good. Yeah, right at the very, like, the last season or something, he was in a couple episodes, wasn't it? Yeah, I think he was, like, a temporary manager or something. Because he's hysterical, but I think the most, probably the best episode... Is the diversity training one? That was one of the first episodes of the series. Yeah. They could never make that episode today. They <laughs> oh, would no, never. No way. No way. That and the uh, episode where they have the dinner party. <laughs> babe, babe, babe. <laughs> the plasma screen TV. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this big TV. And every time Jan just starts, or what's her name, starts dancing, his girlfriend, yeah, thinking Jan, of the uh, Jan, Jan, right? Now, it was a great show in its day, but I don't know. I mean, the idea he said we're gonna we're thinking about redoing it now and it'll exist kind of in the universe where the uh like the Mandalorian exists in the Star Wars universe. Ah. So they're they're gonna do the show at like the Stamford branch or something. Exactly. With new people and it'll be stupid and you know what I mean? Yeah, like uh, part of that show too, it's like you hit a home run with the casting. 
and the I, writing right. and I, everything. Like so many things have to go right in order for the show to be a hit and not just, you know, a money grab based on IP. You know, it's it's The Office. You're going to watch it. Yeah. And that's what it is. They're going to get to The Office. You're going to watch it. I, I don't know when these studios will learn. We don't want, you know, the same content regurgitated in a different way. We want something new. And fresh, please. Yep. I do think they could sucker a lot of people into a new uh, series if they can bring back a Kevin Malone or something. Just grab one of the beloved characters, sort of the fringe elements of the original. How about series. Dwight Schrute? Just nah, make he's him too big. There's no way Rain Wilson's going to do it again. Oh, he wouldn't for I don't money. Think so for money, he would do it. You think? I don't know. He seemed. He's kind of a weird guy. He's a very weird guy. That's why it works. <laughs> It's a very weird guy. But I mean, look, I, you know, Dom had Kelsey Grammer with him on Friday at, in, uh, at Mulligan's down in, in uh, Wildwood. Well, you know, they have the Frasier <coughs> spinoff coming. And that's going to be a big hit, I think. Isn't that a spinoff of a spinoff? It's a spinoff of a spinoff. Frasier was the most successful spinoff from Cheers. I think it was actually the only spinoff. That's probably the most, that might be the most successful spinoff of a show probably ever, right? Possibly. Technically, All in the Family is a spinoff of the Jeffersons, right? Or the Jeffersons is a spinoff of All in the Family. Th- those are very successful, obviously. Mm-hmm. But I think Frasier was the most successful spinoff of a of a show. It's got to be. I think The Simpsons is technically a spinoff. Is it really? Of yeah. What? Of what? It was like a short on some other show. Yeah, originally. that's not. Yeah, that's. it's a short. So it started out as a segment, then became a show. Isn't that what happened to Ted Lasso, too? Ted Lasso is a spinoff? It- I think it was a skit at some point that Sudeikis wanted to do, and I think SNL wouldn't, or like Lauren Michaels wouldn't let him. Oh, and that then, makes sense. Yeah, something like that. And then uh, there was that horrible spinoff after Friends, which was a horrible show. Joey. Oh, Joey. that is bad. <laughs> that didn't last very long. House of the Dragon, that could shape up to be a really good uh, spinoff. Here. That's a good spinoff. Yeah. But that's a whole new show. It takes place hundreds of years before... But it's the same you know, names, you know, same Targaryen. universe. Yeah. But I think a spinoff, you got to have original characters. Okay. To go spin off into another. So direction. is this is this the Office? Is it going to be a spinoff then, or is it going to be a know. reboot? Or I don't know. You know, whatever you want to call it. Tracy Ullman show. Was that? Oh, that was a spinoff from Carol Burnett, right? Tracy Ullman show. Yeah. It's no, the, I, I thought. I mean, this is way well, before my I time. Don't I don't know. I have no idea. You were just a gleam in your drunk mother's eye back <laughs> <Yeah>. then. <laughs> I don't know any of these. I mean, I've heard of these shows, but I yeah, never watched them. I'm unprepared for this segment. I should do some research. I'm looking up bad <laughs> spinoffs now. Uh, Joni loves Chachi. Seems Joni to be loves the number one Chachi. Choice yes. Of bad Joni loves Chachi is a classic. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Keep going. Oh, The Simpsons. No, I see what it is. Yeah, I, Tracy I get Ullman it. Was... The Tracy Ullman show is a spinoff of The Simpsons, right? No, The Simpsons. No, was Simpsons on is a spinoff. The Tracy Ullman oh, right, show. that's what it was. Yeah. Uh, Better Call Saul. Excellent. That's okay, an excellent yeah, point. That was an one. excellent spinoff. Yes. Absolutely. Baywatch Nights. I've never even heard of that. Well, Baywatch Nights Extended Edition. Everyone's is, uh, bundled up because it's cold. Right. No we go home, no one's in the water. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sanford Arms. I don't know what that is. Is that a spin-off, spin-off of Sanford and Son? Son? Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's see what oh else. yeah, my friend John, Captain John Hoyt just said, "Yes, yeah, Simpsons was a spinoff of Tracy Ullman." Now I get it. All right, that's what it was. That's what it was. Checking in was a spinoff of the Jeffersons. I never heard of that. Checking in, yeah, yeah. bad spinoffs. I think they made a spinoff, if I'm not mistaken, 
of All in the Family. And it was just called like Archie's Place or something. Oh, didn't he own a bar? Yeah, I yeah. think so. That was not good. Uh, let's see now. The the uh, spawned by the most spinoffs of all time. How All in the Family spawned the most spinoffs of any sitcom. All in the Family was notable for many things, including the fact that it spawned seven other TV series. The influential sitcom was controversial when it first aired 50 years ago on January 12th, 1971. And it went to confront numerous issues that hadn't previously been blah, blah, blah. So Maud, the title character played by B. Arthur, was a tall, ultra-liberal feminist who drove Archie crazy. She was introduced in as Edith's cousin in two All the Family episodes in the 1971 season. Uh, Good Times was a spinoff of a spinoff centering on Maud's mother, Florida, and her family. Good Times was the first full black family on television, meaning two parents and more than one kid. And of course, J.J. Walker, Dan O'Might, The Jeffersons, a sitcom was about the black family who had lived next door to the bunkers, but Good Times was partly responsible. In his autobiography, Norman Lear wrote that three members of the Black Panther Party came to his office at CBS complaining about Good Times. Every time you see a black man on the tube, he is dirt poor, wears S clothing and can't afford nothing. It's total BS. So they talked about doing a spinoff, and that's where they came up with All in the Family. Archie Bunker's Place, the show debuted after the wrap of All in the Family. Archie Bunker, Carol Connor, and his new partner, Murray, were on a tavern in Queens. It was not very good. I remember that. Checking in, 1981, was a spinoff of Marla Gibbs of the Jeffersons, got her own sitcom as Florence, who left her job as a housekeeper to work in a hotel. Checking in, created by Mike Milligan and Jay Moriarty, only lasted for four episodes. Gloria, Gloria Bunker Stivic became a single mom after Mike left her. So she got a job in a veterinary office. I do remember that. Gloria. Yeah. After Meathead dumped her. 704 Hauser. More than 20 years after All in the Family, Lear created 704 Hauser, the address of the bunker's former house, again inhabited by two battling generations. The twist was that the older generation were the liberals and the younger people were the conservatives. Look at that. Only lasted five episodes. Shocking. Yes, and uh, yes. So what started the conversation was that Frasier, Frasier was a spinoff of Cheers. Frasier is now having a spinoff of Frasier, which is coming out, which I think is great. So so what are some of the other worst spinoffs ever? I mean, I am a big fan of that 70s show. And uh, Oh, then they made that year, 80s show, didn't they? Well, they did, but that only lasted like a season or something. That has like Glenn Howard and stuff. Uh, yeah. But they made that 90s show last year, and that's it was disappointing. Now, do you, do you count the Star Trek? I mean, are those spinoffs? I don't know if they're spinoffs. Right? Eh. I've never watched Just continuing the story, right, with yeah. different people. I don't know if they had to count that, that as a spinoff. Joey's got to be the worst spinoff ever. <laughs> Never had the displeasure of yeah, watching. I've never seen that either. But, but yeah, I can only imagine. It seems to pop up in the top five Wasn't on every it, uh, list I'm looking at. Didn't it also start uh, Drea De Mateo? Saved by the Bell, the college years. That was a bad one. Oh. There's been 19 Law and Orders. I don't count that as spinoffs either. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't count like that. CSI. Yeah. You know, all those. And then the Brady Bunch town. had spinoffs. <clears throat> but the worst one was. What was the one that they had? The Brady Bunch has had a number of spinoffs, but arguably none worse than this one. What was the one? Uh, the Brady spinoffs, the Brady Bunch. What was the spinoff of the Brady Bunch? I'm trying to figure that out. I have no idea. I think they made a show chronically. It was just about Marsha. Is that what it was? 
Marsha, 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 Marsha. Joey at number one is still ranked to be the worst spinoff of all time. Joey with Matt LeBlanc, right? That was the actor? Yeah. I love that that's number one of all time. Worst spinoff ever. Joni loves Chachi. Uh, this is better than talking about politics. Models, Inc. Melrose Place spinoff. Melrose Place. Remember how many women loved Melrose Place when I was in college? Oh, The Brady Brides. That was the spinoff. Marsha, 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 and Jam. This spinoff of The Brady Bunch was a TV special chronicling Marsha and Jan's double wedding. <laughs> Peter hit him with a football that day, too, or what? I think so. <laughs> um, Time of your life, Jennifer Love Hewitt and her, you know what, in uh, New York City. Terrible show. Lasted one season. Living Dolls. Never heard of it. Uh, what else? The Lone Gunman. Ooh, that was his X-Files spinoff. Only lasted for one season. Baywatch Nights, baby. The Hoff was back for two seasons. The Tortellis. Now, that was the cheer spinoff I was thinking of. Okay. What is so, that? All right. So, Carla, you know, Dan Hedaya played her ex-husband. They made a spinoff of him and his family called the Tortellis. It lasted not even a season on NBC in 1987. I knew there was another cheer spinoff. I knew that. <laughs> And then three's a crowd with uh, John Ritter as he settled down with his stewardess girlfriend, Vicki Bradford, which set the, set the stage for this short-lived sitcom, sometimes airing in syndication as Three's Company 2. As their relationship is strained by the constant meddling of their landlord, Vicky's disapproving father. Now, wasn't there a spinoff of, uh, of Seinfeld as well? Didn't uh, didn't they have a, a like a very short spinoff with Christine or no? I don't think maybe no. That was, that's a that just has. It's a, a totally different show, a, right? Yeah, it's a, what the New Adventures of Old Christine. Yeah, it just had the same yeah, actress. There yeah, was Julia Louis Dreyfus. Whole series or sorry, a whole season of Curb Your Enthusiasm in which they like created a that Seinfeld is true. spinoff. So yeah. that must be what you're thinking. And, no, but you know what? That was very smart marketing. They they actually branded that as it's not a reunion, but it's the closest thing you'll ever get. And it had all the actors in to do a reunion show, and then they just bashed the reunion show. Yeah. <laughs> it was great. Too. It was actually it was, very, yeah. very creative. But Better Call Saul is probably, the, I'd say, the most well-done spinoff. I mean, that lasted six seasons. That was, very, that, was, that was really good. Yeah. I think Better Call Saul is as good as Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad's better, but as, Better Call Saul is as good. I agree can't that. Be better, so it can't be better. That, that makes no sense. Yeah. I just sound like Biden there. Speaking of Biden, by the way, <laughs> I gotta, if I don't play this clip before the end of the show, I will hate myself more than I already do. This is Joe Biden trying to pronounce something here. This is him babbling about the Pacific Islands here. Cut one. Strong growth begins with a strong infrastructure. So today I'm pleased to announce we're working with Congress to invest $40 billion in our Pacific Islands Infrastructure Initiative. We call it the PPI anyway. It doesn't matter what we call it, but that's what it is. <laughs> It's the PI, IP Daily Initiative. IP, 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 who put that in the teleprompter? IP Daily, that's a good one from The Simpsons, too. What? It's a Bart. I, it's a Bart Simpson. No. IP Daily. One of those, uh... Huge ass. Come on, DeSantis, get with the program, I'm not a Simpsons ya? guy, if I'm being honest. Wrong with you. What's wrong it's with you? Right. It used to be very, very funny, and then it got stupid and woke, but it used to be funny back in the day. All right, we got more to talk about before the show ends today. Don't go away. Thanks for listening to the Seoli Show podcast from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT and the Odyssey app. 
Yes, IP Freely. Thank you to Deplorable Destiny for that and also to Sid. IP Freely, yes. Uh, Hugh tried calling in, but Matt DeSantis is in a mood again where he's not answering the phones. You know, it's your job, right, to answer the phones? I thought I got them all. Part of your job. Uh, Wait a second here. I got a couple of others here. Enos is the worst spinoff ever. Cosmo and Buddy said that. I've never heard of that. It's apparently a Dukes of Hazzard spinoff. It only lasted one season on CBS. Uh, let's see. <clears throat> um, Marcus Aurelius, Mama's Family. Yes, a spinoff of the Carol Burnett show. Marcus also points out that the, the Dawn Stensland show is a spinoff of the Riccioli show. <laughs> <laughs> very good. Um, That's very funny. <laughs> Chris Eppolito. Yeah, The Honeymooners, one of my absolute all-time favorite shows. You! Are a blabbermouth. Funniest honeymoons ever, uh, Honeymooners episode ever. Uh, one of the best shows ever came from the Jackie Gleason show. Also, Beavis and Butthead was a spinoff. I didn't know that. Uh, more or lesser. You know what? I have not done. Who won? Give me a who won social media, Henry. You got one? Got it for me? Who won social media? Thank you. Let me do this. Uh, Justin is a spinoff of Fidel. Allegedly. <laughs> from more or lesser. Very good. Uh, a couple of other uh, excellent recommendations. Fischl Pines says Yellowstone in 1883. Yellowstone spinoff is 1883 and 1923 is also, yeah, and they're both excellent. I don't know if I'd really classify them as spinoffs, though, because they're totally original characters. I mean, yeah, it's the Dutton family line, but nevertheless, they are um, Happy Days spun off Laverne and Shirley. See, I, I, that history is fascinating to me. Some of these shows that just like little things and then they become bigger than the original show that they started uh, is always very interesting. So, all right. Well, thank you for weighing in on this idiotic topic that I didn't really ever plan to do. But nevertheless, I'm glad I did it. Uh, I'd say Kalen Company is kind of a spinoff of the Riccioli show, too. Don't you think? So you have two. You're taking credit for two. I take credit for two. (laughs) Why not? Took two of your characters. (laughs) Basically, right? (laughs) Basically true. And don't forget Amanda Hug and Kiss. Amanda Hug and Kiss. It's <laughs> <laughs> very good. Oh, speaking of uh, Fidel Castro's bastard son. <laughs> That's not the official stance of the Rich Zioli Show. What is the official stance of the Rich Zioli Show, Matt DeSantis? Uh, for legal reasons, the official stance is that Pierre Trudeau is the father of Justin Trudeau. Allegedly. <laughs> Here is Fidel Castro's bastard love child, Justin Trudeau, no, uh, what no, he had to no. say. Cut eight, cut eight, cut eight. Obviously, it's extremely upsetting that this happened. Uh, the speaker, speaker has uh, acknowledged his mistake uh, and has apologized. Uh, but this is something that is deeply embarrassing to the Parliament of Canada and, by extension, to all Canadians. I think particularly of Jewish MPs and all members of the Jewish community across the country who are uh, celebrating Yom, or commemorating Yom Kippur today. Uh, I think it's going to be really important that all of us push back against Russian propaganda, Russian disinformation, and continue our steadfast and unequivocal support for Ukraine uh, as uh, we did last week with announcing uh, further measures to stand with Ukraine in uh, Russia's illegal war against it. What's really embarrassing is the fact that you're part Cuban. Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly. That's not the official stance of the Rich the Only <laughs> Show. What's really embarrassing is the way your mom partied in Cuba and then spawned you. <laughs> 
Here is Pierre. This is, of course, the Nazi. This is in relation to the Nazi that they honored. Uh, and, and, and look, there's no reason to do this. It was offensive and they shouldn't have done it. But as usual, Justin Trudeau doesn't take responsibility for anything, much like his father, Fidel, allegedly. Here's Pierre Polivare ripping Trudeau after this incident occurred. Cut nine. Leader of the opposition. Well, if the prime minister is so proud of how he conducted himself, he would be on the floor in the House of Commons today. That's Yep. Canadians are sick and tired of a prime minister. Honorable members, that uh, the presence in the gallery, all MPs have duties in the chamber and outside. I just want to remind them that referring to their presence or absence is not uh, allowed in the rules. The honorable uh, opposition leader, please continue. Mr. Speaker, Canadians are sick and tired of a prime minister who never takes responsibilities That's for right. the things that happen, happen under his watch, whether it's the record high inflation or interest rates or the doubling of housing costs or the constant international embarrassments. He always finds someone else to throw under the bus. Are you that person? Yeah. And the guy lost his job today because he resigned. He is that person. He actually he's, he's given up his uh, the head of uh, parliament or whatever it was. Uh, Trudeau, if you remember, called the truckers who refused to abide by his vaccination mandates. He called them Nazis back then, if you remember. He called the truckers in Canada Nazis for refusing to comply with his vaccine mandates as he tried to shut down Canada's economy uh, and, and tried to destroy the livelihoods of these people who just simply wanted to protect their bodily autonomy. And then they honored an actual Nazi, a man who fought in the SS, the Ukraine division of the SS, voluntarily, by the way, uh, on the floor of the uh, the Canada Parliament. So, you know, Justin Trudeau is a joke. He really is. He's one of the absolute worst. And he's not he's not a good leader. Obviously, people can't stand him in that country. But, you know, he's a tyrant. So tyrants tend to tend to survive just like his dad did. Allegedly. No, <laughs> Not our state. I didn't say who his dad was. I just said, like, his dad survived. Uh, well. Several CIA attempts to kill him. <laughs> Nobody tried to kill Pierre Trudeau. This is death, Fidel Castro. But anyway, um, so <laughs> no, also. No, no. When it, Oh, by the way, there's some breaking news around Donald Trump. I don't have time to get into it tonight. It, it, this judge in New York is insane. Ruling that Donald Trump defrauded banks and insurers while building his real estate empire uh, Donald Trump Jr. tweeted out about, or I'm sorry, Eric Trump tweeted out about this. Eric pointed out that according to this psycho judge, Mar-a-Lago, which I have stayed at, is a beautiful, beautiful seaside resort in Palm Beach. The judge ruled that Mar-a-Lago is only worth $18 million. Now, that's absurd. That's insane. Mar-a-Lago is a gorgeous, gorgeous estate at a private club with swimming pools and beautiful seaside villas and everything else there are there are single homes in in palm beach that are that go for more than 18 million dollars and mar-a-lago is a historic estate some have 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 uh, appraised it as high as as several hundred of millions of dollars for this for what it's worth but i mean i'll get more into this tomorrow but again if if a bank was quote-unquote defrauded by trump exaggerating the value of something well then the, that's on the bank I mean, if I say that that I think my home is worth a half a million dollars, but it only appraises for three fifty, so the bank's doing its due diligence. If the bank just says, "All right, five hundred thousand dollars," and insures me for that or gives me a loan for that, well, that's on the bank. I haven't defrauded them. 
that's what I believe the value of of this of this asset is. And then it's up on it's, it's up to them if they decide they want to take the risk. It's their risk. It's not the government's risk. It's a private bank's risk or a private insurer's risk if they want to do that. So, I mean, I'll talk more about it tomorrow, but I'm not surprised by the judge's ruling. It's just it's it's absurd. Uh, And it's also, in my opinion, meaningless if you think about it. All right. We'll talk more about that tomorrow, obviously, and and still monitoring the latest in Philadelphia. Again, the big story locally, uh, both the mayor of Philadelphia, who's a disgrace, Jim Kenney, and the, the district attorney, Larry Krasner, also a disgrace. Have both come out and condemned the judge today for looking at the evidence and deciding that police officer Mark Dial, uh, there was no evidence to bring charges against him and that he acted in self-defense under the reasonable assumption that the uh, the person in the vehicle had might have had a gun. And the judge dismissed all charges against officer Dial. But that's not good enough for Krasner. It's not good enough for for Kenny. They hate cops. They hate the cops. And they are anti-police, and they are now leading a charge against them as they demand justice for the victim. Instead of siding with the cops, instead of siding with the judge who looked at the evidence and heard from the prosecutors and heard from the defense, looked at the physical evidence, looked at the camera footage, which Krasner called to be the smoking gun, and concluded that all charges should be dropped against the police officer. It's a disgrace that these two hate the cops in the city so much. And I hope all the cops are safe tonight. Have a great rest of your night. Thank you for listening. See you tomorrow. I'll check. Uh, Amanda Hug and Kiss. Hey, I'm looking for Amanda Hug and Kiss. Rich Zioli, weekday afternoons, 3 to 7. Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, and on the free Odyssey app. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.